Hello, Fast Family, and welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time, a Fast and Furious podcast. The only podcast where life's simple, you make choices and don't look back. Oh, that's great. I am your co-host, Nick Lathan. And I am your co-host, Rip Camalucci. And this week we're talking about the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Rich, I'm asking you right off the right out right the gate. Hell yeah, what up, dude? Did you watch this movie? Why would you ask me that? That's rude. That you would even like look up. That's I am offended that you would even presume that I did not watch this. I I, I would have you know. That I worked at a movie theater the summer this movie came out, the summer of 2006, and I have and I have seen the end all right, of all this right. film. Have you seen the whole movie? No. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. You just watched the end of it. This go. I've seen the end of this movie <laughs> maybe more times than I've seen the end of any other movie. As I waited for the movie to end. And people would clear out so I could clean up after their shit that they left all over the theater. I'm asking you this question. Did you do it specifically because it was a Fast and Furious movie? Or you just didn't want to see what else was at the box office at that time? If you smell what I'm stepping in. Not, not, not completely. You mean did I get the job to go? All right, all right. I got the job that summer so I could watch Clerks 2 and Nacho Libre. That's right. So let's just say, um, let's say if Clerks 2 and Fast and Furious were playing in the theater at the same time. Yeah. Did you have a choice as to what, um, as to which theater you would clean out, uh, Oh, you know, you just kind of go by the schedule and like, okay. Theater you're working that day. (laughs) Okay. And usually it was Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yeah. All right, I'm going to type this up really weird. Um, let's just get the box office. Since we're talking about movie stuff, um, movie theaters, I'm going to get the box office numbers out of the way. For this film, what year did it come out? 2006. 2006. I just told you this, Nick. I wasn't listening. It came out. Oh I was messing with you. It came out. Um, what the fuck? It came out the weekend Cars came out. That's synergy and counter programming, not counter programming. That's uh, like programming. All right. So number one at the box office with a bullet was cars. This is cars. Second week at the box office. So number one was cars. Based on the amount of shit I had to clean up that tracks. (laughs) Number two, previously mentioned Nacho Libre. Hell yeah. Uh, Number three was fast and furious Tokyo drift. All right, I guess. Number four was The Lake House starring John Wick's Keanu Reeves. Man. Number five was The Breakup. Number six was X-Men The Last Stand. Number seven was Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Yep. Number eight was the remake of The Omen, which it was number eight at the box office. It's second week because that movie came out on 6606. Number nine was The Da Vinci Code. Number 10 was Over the Hedge. Which is a movie that I opted to go see uh, for free. I think I saw the end of that. It's got Bruce Willis in it, right? Yeah. He plays, it's Bruce Willis live action dressed up as a raccoon and everybody else is CG. Stop it. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Uh, Can confirm. Um, (laughs) Look. All right, so I've seen this the end of this movie a ton, and I'm sure we'll get to it. <laughs> I've seen the beginning of this movie all of one time. How far did you get? Maybe 15 minutes before so, I, I just had to turn it off. Wow, so you just didn't want to give it a chance. I gave it, a, I gave it for half of the first act. Let me tell you this. Let me, half of the first act. Let me tell you this. You at least... Get to the first drift race. Look, I saw Lucas Black. I saw Bow Wow. I saw the 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 undeniable chemistry they had, uh, and I said, you know what, I'm opting out. And yes, I own every single Fast movie on Blu-ray, 
except for this. I owned it. I was watching it on my own piece of media, physical media. It was in my hands. Mm -hmm. And and shortly after that, I did a a, a DVD Blu-ray purge, and I included that in it because I, I had no, no intention of ever making an attempt to watch that movie again. I thought I was going to maybe think that you did what uh, somebody did uh, one time. You just threw it out the window. This happened uh, when, I was a, when I was in high school. I think it was high, no, junior high. We were uh, out in my front yard one day, and I said, is that a CD? And then I walked up into the street, and there was a scratched-up CD in the middle of my cul-de-sac that I lived at as a child. And I picked up the CD, and it was a Papa Roach CD. So I was thinking maybe you... You pulled a Papa Roach CD with Fast and Furious took you adrift and just threw it out the window as you were driving through a random cul-de-sac. You're like, fuck this. (laughs) Uh, This is not a through street. Fuck (laughs) this CD. What was Papa Roach's big hit? Cutting my life into pieces. This is my last resort. (laughs) Suffocation. No breathing. (sighs) Fuck it. Speaking of uh, hits uh, coming up years after they were popular, the first race has Bob with the Bob by Kid Rock playing in the background. Because when I think, oh wait, is the first race, because so from what I remember, Lucas Black is, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a high school student. In he's Texas. 17, he's 17 year old. He's in California. I looked at the, uh, I looked at the landscape and there was mountains in the background, and it was like a desert area. So I'm thinking this is California. Well, then where? Then explain the accent. Okay, I um, as people who listen to this podcast probably gathered from my accent, I am from Alabama, and so is Lucas Black. He is from Bessemer, Alabama, I believe. Same place Gucci Mane is from. Oh, same town. Uh, I think he's from Bessemer. Anyway. Um, so his mom does not have an accent. His father, who's in the Navy living in Tokyo, does not have an accent. The state of Alabama has no naval bases. His dad's in the Navy. I cannot answer the question why he has a fucking accent. It confused the shit out of me. Is his accent... Specifically, an Alabama accent, or could he possibly be from maybe Mississippi or Louisiana? Oh, not Louisiana, but hit that back. He is from Decay. He was born in Decatur. Okay. Wait. Okay. His his profile, his little biography on IMDb says he was born in Decatur, but then the born says speak Alabama. So I don't know. Speak with an e at the end. So he's from Decay. He's from North Alabama. Let's just say that. So, um, to give you a little history lesson about the word hillbilly, it is derived from Sand Mountain in Alabama. So, Sand Mountain's in North Alabama, so Lucas Black is from hillbilly country. So, maybe it's like a North Alabama accent, a hillbilly accent. I don't know. I'm from Central Alabama. I'm sorry, man. Just (laughs) at a certain point, I had to to tap out. And, And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, man. It's hard for me to not go back and try and watch this movie because with each installment in the Fast Saga, they keep breathing more and more relevance into this pox upon the house that is Fast and Furious. They're trying to pull a uh, what the Marvel movies did with the... With, with, with oh, uh, with Thor the Dark World, Dark World yeah. they're trying Which, to make it relevant. <laughs> I liked that movie from the jump. And by the jump, I mean when I watched it many years after it came out. I, I saw it in the theater. I remember walking out going, that was better than the first one. The first one secretly is pretty bad. First Thor? Yeah. 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 I remember watching the theater. Okay, this is a thing that bothers the shit out of me in theaters when uh, there's a 3D movie. This, uh, oh, it's, this only happened... At the, this happened at the peak of 3D when um, you had 3D movies and they some movies they put like a filter in front of the lens um, for the projector mm-hmm. for 3D movies and um, it darkened it and they didn't brighten it up because mm-hmm. that would of course make the bulb burn out faster 
So every movie you fucking saw was dark. So the the uh, when they go to Jodenheim in the first Thor movie, uh-huh. that shit I did not know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> because they left that filter on and it was dark as hell. Uh so actually both times I've watched that movie, uh I don't I don't own it, so I, I acquired it through other means of uh, acquiring movies on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, both times, the movie did not include subtitles for the Dark Elves. <laughs> and so there are just complete scenes. Oh, that's great. Where... I, I don't understand what is being said yeah. or what nefarious plots they are they are moving forward. That said, I feel like I didn't really miss anything plot-wise, which I just said I like it, but if you were to, to, to give the movie a strike, the fact that your main villains of the movie, you can not understand what they're saying and still not miss a beat, mm-hmm. maybe not great villain writing dude um those dark elves they're like i wouldn't need subtitles i was so enthralled by what they were saying all right so sand mountain i've looked this up it is farther east than decatur so decatur's around huntsville alabama if that tells you anything okay so okay lucas black is not a hillbilly i'm just gonna say that on the record on the record not a hillbilly <laughs> uh, Lucas Black me. stands Stand down Yes But stand right back up Because I'm going to tell you This movie would have been a lot better If he was not the main character <laughs> This movie would have been a lot better If he were not in it he, That's what I meant <laughs> Um. Alright so there's a part in this movie Where uh, Sean Boswell Lucas Black's character Asks Han Which by the way Sun Kang is a very pretty man He's a looker. I was watching looker this, and I'm and I'm I'm so happy I'm, that they plucked him. Yeah, from this pile of shit. He's easily the best part of this movie. But every scene he was in, I was like, "Damn, that's a that's a beautiful man." I couldn't get my eyes off of him. Anyway, there was a scene where uh, Sean asked Han, "Like, what are you doing here?" Like, and then Han basically explains that. All the stuff he's done, which later we're going to find out is what he did with Dom. And he basically said that, you know, what he's doing in Tokyo is his version of running for the border and going to Mexico. Which made me think, like, why the fuck was he not the main character? And, like, we got to see, like, you know, how he got there. You know what I mean? Like, did we see that in Furious 6 or any, at any point? Because that's the last one he's in until F9. Right. Uh, yeah. At the end of F5, um, Gal Gadot asks him, like, don't you want to go to Tokyo? He's like, ah, later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he mentions just like, yeah, I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time that movie's being filmed, at the time F- Tokyo Drift is, is being a thing, basically what you're doing is... Within a couple lines, you're introducing a much more interesting story. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, I, I haven't really written anything. But, you know, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the main, the main bad parts about this movie are the fact they're in high school and that Sean is the main character. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Like, if you had... Even if you had, like, I don't know. I think it would have been better if Sean wasn't in high school and it was probably because, like, it's good to have him because a lot of people watching this movie don't know what the hell drift racing is. So he's he's the audience coming into drift racing. Yeah. So, but you could do, you could you can pluck from that Han backstory and have this guy who's coming into Tokyo... You know, being a guy who's like done crime in like America or whatever, like pulled off a major heist, like pulled off, huh? Pulled off heists all over the world. Yeah, like do something like that, and then like the last, sorry, I hit the microphone stand again, but the last place he can go is Tokyo. Hehe, <laughs> that rhymed. 
but like, <laughs> but that's the last place he can head to. And then, you know, he's, he finally, like, he's like shunned by all the racers in the world or whatever. And then finally he goes to Tokyo and then learns about drifting. Like, that's a better story than a kid who has barely had his license for two years coming to Tokyo and getting into crime and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's about, cause there's, there's a part in the movie where, uh, Sean says, I got my license. I got, and I got my first speed ticket that next, uh, that day. And then the next day I won my first race. All right. <laughs> All right. You're going to watch the movie? <laughs> no. Uh, let's do a rapid fire recasting. Let's okay. just keep going back and forth until we run out of people to recast. What, what's Lucas Black's character's name? Sean Boswell. Sean. Sean Boswell. Until we okay. run out of people to recast Sean Boswell with. Oh, God. Now, is it people? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you go first. Look, man, just off the top of the dome. Just let it fly. Whoever comes to your mind, man. Because literally, there are no wrong answers. All right, let's go. You go. Let's go. Channing Tatum. Josh Hartnett. Uh, uh, fucking uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> While we're at uh, fucking Danny McBride. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Oh fuck, um, dude, Tom Hardy. Ooh, uh, uh, uh fucking, uh, ooh, Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, whatever. Oh man, now we're just going to the Christopher Nolan people. No, uh, I know. Uh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine. I told you, I used to race that today. I was racing this kid and was listening to Ball with the Bull. Next. Could you imagine? Okay, I'm um, sorry. Um, uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Oh, shit. Um, Liam Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. I mean, <laughs> fuck. Fuck. I lose. Fuck it. Oh, man. I was going to say Jennifer Lawrence is my next thing. <laughs> uh, but point proven. Yeah. And I like, he, I don't know. Lucas Black, if he was, here's the thing about Southern accents when I see him and stuff. There's certain people that I hear a southern accent and I go, I mean, my thought goes bad acting. <laughs> like, cause I um, used to be like a like a, a jury selection person for a film festival, and it's in the south, so like I watch a lot of people submitting stuff from the south, and I watch stuff and like a lot of these people aren't that great actors, I'll admit, and so and they're all southern, so automatically I'm. Because my brain clinks the two together. I think Southern accent, horrible acting. Now, there are exceptions. Sure. Previously stated Danny McBride. Who's some other Southern acts? Fucking Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Fucking Bill Paxton. Boom. Like, there are good Southern actors. Also, all good candidates to recast for Sean Boswell. Dude, could you imagine if Bill... We've probably already talked about this, but Bill Paxton in a Fast and Furious movie? That would have been perfect. Like, Bill Paxton is like a mechanic or something like that. Oh, Michael Rooker is another Southern actor yes. who's great. Very good. Yeah. I guess it uh, just depends on the your acting quality. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's what I expect to happen. The last time I went in this hard on, on really being very negative about a performance or a uh, uh, quality of work mm -hmm. uh, was when I guessed it on Married with Movies and we watched Spaced Invaders. This was three years ago. Oh, shit. Who's in Spaced Invaders? Well, doesn't matter because uh, earlier this year, uh, I woke up one day to a, a, a DM from the director of Spaced Invaders. <laughs> Trying to make me feel really bad <laughs> about what I said. Dude, I love Space Invaders. What did you say about Space Invaders? That it was, like, it is dumb and fun or whatever, but it was, like, it was shitty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Your point? Right. I, I felt fine about what I said. And I did I go back and re-listen to it for anything I may have said that's, like, particularly heinous? No. But also, I'm not the one... Vanity searching my name for podcasts from three years ago that I may have been on. This happened recently. Or it may have been talked about. Oh, so they talked about you talked about it three years ago and they found it this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 
And so I didn't respond and blocked them because the, the act that they committed was sad enough. Yeah. We're not so, going to talk about this person, but you can look them up. <laughs> Lucas Black, I'm ready for you to slide on in to my DMs, buddy. Ah, uh, Lucas Black, you were great. Okay, Lucas Black, uh, what you call it? I think he's coming back for F9. Well, he was back for uh, Furious 7. But, like, apparently Sean, like, they they brought back Bow Wow, a.k.a. Shad Moss. They brought him back. Oh, Lucas Black was very good in Get Low, which is a Bill Murray, Robert Duvall movie. He was good in that movie. Um, I, I say this because I always try to find, whenever I shit on people, I like to bring out other works they were in that was very good. So he was very good in Get Low. I saw that movie in the theater. Uh, the, uh, the Hayden Christensen effect where people shit on Hayden Christensen and everyone points to that one indie movie he did before Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Well, he did a movie with Kevin Klein. Yeah. Something about fucking like glass houses or some bullshit. <laughs> I'm more fucked up in a wood rat in a glass house. Um, Friday Night Lights he was very good in. And he's just been doing TV the past couple of years. So these are all the things I've seen. So out of all the things I've seen Lucas Black in, only one thing was bad, and it was this movie. So I'll Taylor say Taylor Lautner, not Taylor Lautner. Who was the Taylor Kitsch? There's another fucking replacement. Man, what happened to him? Uh, <laughs> fuck the same movie. The movie that came out the same year, X Men: The Last Stand. That's what happened to him. No, he was in Wolverine. He was Gambit in Wolverine. Isn't that right? He was in, no, I'm pretty sure he was Last Stand. Because it was supposed to be Sawyer from Lost, but he didn't want to be typecast as a fucking Southern guy. But yeah, Josh, that Josh Holloway, and, and then he was a, uh, and then he was in Triple Frontier two years ago. Two he years was ago, last year. I found it. He was in X Men Origins Wolverine as Gambit, aka what Remy Lebeau. Remy Lebeau, and he was in. Oh shit! He was was he in True Detective season two? Yes, he was. He was one of the best parts. No, that, you're right. Season two. Yeah. He was one of the... Okay. True Detective season two. I'm an apologist for that season. Oh, wow. You and Mullet need to have a conversation. It starts off rough, but then it gets very good until the last episode, and then it gets very bad again. <laughs> I... That's one of the few shows that I just had to bail on. Have you watched season three? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. You don't remember... You don't remember me, Purple? <laughs> Dude, Steven Dorf. Okay, let's talk about uh, <laughs> real quick. Steve. Okay, we're going to talk about everything but Tokyo Drift. Yeah. But Steven Dorf's character in uh, True Detective Season 3, I love him so much because he becomes an old man who brings a Yorkie with him to family functions. And that is a Southern thing that doesn't get spotlighted enough. Like, one of my great, un- great uncles, he had a, I think he had a Shih Tzu that he would bring with him everywhere, all the family functions. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like, those men don't get highlighted enough. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Also, he, he drove around in an IROC Z. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite Steven Dorff line from True Detective Season 3 was, of course, he asked the kid, have you seen Star Wars? He's like, you seen Star Wars? <laughs> that was a <laughs> And the guy, and like the the kid was like, yeah. And then Steve Gordon just goes, "Cool, man. Love it." Oh man, John Carter from Mars. That's what Taylor Kitsch was in. Yeah, that kind of that was another sunk yeah, him. That was supposed to be a big launching pad for him, and nobody wanted to go see a movie called John Carter. Yeah, because nobody knew who the fuck John Carter was. So, so yeah, let me go fucking see. Uh, I'm going to go see Adam Shifter. Like, you might as well go see Adam Shifter in the theater. Like, you don't you know might as well go see Larry Crown. <laughs> oh, I love Tom Hanks so much. I really do. Oh, yeah. He's Canadian? Uh, I'm still on Taylor Kitsch's IMDb. Or, really? Yeah. I'm learning all about him. Well, I'll say this. Sam Worthington, that was another guy. Why wasn't Sam Worthington in this movie? Get Sam Worthington in the picture. Something I want to say about uh, Sean real quick that just yeah. popped in my head. They dress him just like Dom. He wears the uh, same fucking clothes Dom wears. Well, yeah. I, he wears a long they sleeve. They probably trying to fucking like build him up because the, they, didn't, they didn't have fucking Vin Diesel, I'm imagining, until they fucking 
shot the ending probably last minute. Yeah. Uh, and then they didn't have fucking Paul Walker, so they needed somebody who's like, all right, who can we launch the rest of this franchise with? Which Oops. <laughs> Which, the way they have him makes me think, was this character originally Dominic Toretto? They, every draft, every first draft of a Fast and Furious movie that didn't have Vin Diesel in it, it had Vin Diesel in it. Yeah. So they basically just said, all right, let's take, (laughs) which I'm not going to shit on Chris Morgan, the writer, just because he's written the best Fast and Furious movies. Like he, he wrote, uh, he wrote, yeah, he wrote Tokyo Drift through Fate. He's written all the best ones. Yeah. And, but it just seems like it, it might have been a studio thing or whatever, but just like, all right, we wrote this for Vin. Maybe let's put, since we can't get him, let's maybe have the guy in high school. That's the, yeah. my, that's my biggest gripe with this movie is the fact that he's in high school. Cause they're doing a lot of shit that high schoolers, frankly, who have barely had their license two years, shouldn't be doing. Yeah, man. It just, it just seemed. Little slapdash mm-hmm. as far as all that stuff goes. And, you know, it was probably rushed by the studio and so on and so forth. Um, I mentioned the, the, the ending, which, if you aren't familiar by now, honestly, you could just pull it up on YouTube, the ending to this movie. It features the return of Dominic Toretto. Oh, you're talking about that race? Yeah. What did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about the mountain race. No, I'm talking about the very end. And also, again, the whole concept of, of drift racing in Tokyo... Go watch or go read the manga or go watch the, the anime of Initial D. Dracula? Uh, Initial Dracula. <laughs> um, it's all about the first Dracula. Uh, and just enjoy that. It's great. It's really fucking good. Whereas, you know, this is a bit uh, initial derivative, if I may, uh, of that. But, yeah, so the end of it, uh, they're at, you know, they're hanging out in a little pre-race way they hang out. Bow Wow comes over to Sean and he's just like, hey man, someone wants us to, to see you or whatever. And then, yeah, as they line up to race, Sean Boswell looks over and sees Dominic Toretto in his fucking Dodge Charger. Okay. And that, my friend, in the history of Universal Pictures is the highest testing ending to a movie at least up until that point. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, like, makes complete sense. Because if you've just been eating shit for, for an hour and a half, and then the last minute, you get, like, some fucking sweet tarts or something, you're going to be like, oh, my God, these sweet tarts are the best thing I've ever had. You know what? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um... So I, I got to see the highest testing ending in Universal Pictures history at least fucking 100 times. Now, how did, you, how did that test with you? Uh, it was cool. But it also like let me know that he's not in the rest of the picture. So yeah. It's like, cool. I saw what I wanted. The thing about that race that bothers me is that so the, the that's the pre-race, and then the pre-race, the post-race happens in Furious Seven, which sets up the fact that this movie takes place in 2015. Yeah. First of all, so everybody who is using flip phones, I don't know why, because it's 2015. Yeah. And that's uh, that that's certainly challenging. And it's also ins- it's also insinuated that in Furious Seven that Dom won this race. Now, the car that Dom's driving and, and the parking structure they were in, I feel like Dom's car would be way too fucking big to be drifting around those corners like that. So I'm going to call BS. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just how good a driver he is. <laughs> you know? Like, that's... And there's no way in hell that car would be able to maneuver the way it needs to. But... There's no one else behind the wheel like Dom Toretto. Or Tony Toretto. 
or Tony Toretto. Listen to uh, Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash arcade audio to hear our episodes about Fast and the Furious Spy Racers on Netflix. Very fun. We barely talked about last week. We barely talked about the podcast from what I remember or the show we watched. So um, <laughs> I will say this about these races. The first drift race, pretty dope. When Sean versus DK, Sean's busting up shit. He's tearing out Han's car. It's pretty awesome. I mean, that's the one thing I would hope is good in this movie. And I'm I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that I could find just the races themselves on YouTube. Um, yeah, I would tell you about this movie. Everything is good, but the main character and the fact that they're in high school. Those are my. Those are the two things that wreck this movie. So let me ask you then, mm-hmm. straight up. You know how opposed I am to actually watching this movie. Would you recommend that I actually do watch this movie? I uh, yes. This is what I recommend. Really? I, this is what I recommend. We watch this movie um, via Zoom or whatever, and we record a commentary. And I I just want to see your reaction to this movie. And at okay. the end of it, I want I want I want I want you immediately to either curse me. Or be like, you know what? That was all right. <laughs> That's my favorite rating system is I curse you or it's all right. <laughs> I curse you. What is that from? I, I don't know. I, I said that earlier. Somebody was like, I curse you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, all my negative notes about this movie involve the main character somehow and the fact they're in high school. It's a tough obstacle to overcome. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, that's all I like, again, not having not watched it, uh, you know, I don't know. I got nothing, man. I'm done. I got, I got nothing else. Something cool about this movie that I want to do. Uh, this movie basically feels like either a Western or a samurai movie, which those two genres are basically the same. If I'm being honest, boy, do you really want to get into that film school, uh, debate right there? Well, yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking mainly of Yojimbo, but uh, <laughs> basically how <laughs> how a lot of the best westerns are remakes of samurai movies. But this whole thing with uh, Sean and DK, it has a whole "This town ain't big enough for the both of us," hmm. which that's a song by Sparks. And that town being Tokyo, I guess so. Because okay. the final because uh. the final race is like the final race is basically. Like a loser leaves town match. Yeah, it is excellent. And yeah, like that's that that vibe has really cool. That's really really cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh yes, this is what bothered me. I'm just going through my notes, just scanning. This is gonna be a short episode, everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you do watch the movie, I'm also telling the listener this. Uh, notice that every time uh, Sean is driving Han around and they pull up somewhere, Han opens his door about 30 seconds before he actually should because the car is still rolling. <laughs> I don't know if he does this in later movies when somebody else is driving, but Han is trying to get that, out of that car as quickly as possible. Uh, what else? Give me out, give me out, give me out. Oh, yeah. When Han's car flips and blows up, uh, nobody yells Nas. Like Vin Diesel does in the first movie, and there's no uh, pretty color that that ignites in the air, like a, like a like a green flame. I was waiting on that because I was like, wait a minute, there's Nas in that car. What are my other notes? Oh, Bow Wow at some point said, "I'm so good, I could sell rubbers to a monk," which got me excited because Tony Shalhoub may appear a show up in the franchise at some point. <laughs> I said that as the second reference to Monk in this podcast. So expect many more. I've only seen the first season of Monk. Oh, man. I'm trying to think what else I got. That's it, basically. Yeah. This movie takes place in 2015. And they were live streaming on flip phones. Is that... Is it possible that the rest... That this movie does not take place in 2015 and that the rest of the series takes place earlier. What do you mean? Like the entire timeline is just shifted back. 
to like 2005 or six or whatever to, to, to make, to make fat, to make Tokyo drift take place in 2005 or six or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I guess, well, what kind of phones do they use in fast five? I think they have six. smartphones, my dude. Yeah. Definitely gonna have to keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll, we'll bring this up because this timeline's pretty squiffy because we've got, yeah, we got 2001 and then we got the first movie takes place in 2001. And I will argue, based on some of the technology, you know what? We could probably put it back a couple years. It could be 1998. This could be a Metal Gear Solid style, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, window of timeline weirdness. Because everybody knows that the last Metagross Salad that came out in 2007 takes place in 2014. Is it 2014 or it might be 2020? No, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance takes place in 2020. Everybody knows. I'm going to have to look up the Metagross Solid timeline. Um, yes, I will. What was I going to say? Okay, so 2001 was the first movie. 2003 was Too Fast, Too Furious. And then this movie is 2015. <laughs> Well, <laughs> look, I'm even trying to make apologies for this movie, and I can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let me look at this timeline. Okay, Metagross Solid not, takes place in 98? Oh, that's the release timeline. <sighs> Stupid. Oh, wait, here we go. 99. No, 2000, 2005 is when Metagross Solid takes place. Sons of Liberty is 27, or 2007. 2014 is Guns and the Patriots. And then Revengeance was 2018. Rich, I know you're bored right now. You're looking at me like, why is he talking about Metagross Solid? But listen, I had to talk about it. That's fine. I could talk about something else, too. Let's talk about something like, else. Yeah. Have you watched the, uh, the Harley Quinn animated show i have not but i watched birds of prey this past weekend i need to watch that um it'll uh, it might pair very well uh with the animated show harley quinn um boy oh boy do i fucking love this show is it that good i'm gonna put it on my queue is it on hbo max it is on hbo max tell me about it as i added to my queue <laughs> i don't that's the thing is I you don't, don't want to spoil like, it if you haven't watched it yet there's it's just very like do you, what do you know about it? Nothing. I just know that Harley Quinn was created by Bruce Tim. Yes. Uh, and then I'm other... going to leave it at that. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't, it's, it's, it's a, such a, uh, boy, I don't know if I'm going to say the word pleasant surprise, but it's, there's, it's certainly surprising. Let me tell you about this. Um, Birds of Prey rated R, which I didn't know going into it mm -hmm. and they use it very well. Okay. Like, um, yeah, there's some stuff you're like, oh, it's just great. That's all I'm going to yeah. say about it. I mean, parts of it, it has the humor of um, you're a fan of the nice guys. Is that correct? Yes. It has that vibe. Really? It's very funny. Like, there's like, oh. there's some buddy elements that are very good. Okay. It, and like, you know how the nice guys treats violence? Yeah. And how funny it is? That's how this movie does violence. Okay. Okay. So like, parts of it, I'm like... It's like Kathy Yan's pulling out some Shane Black moves. Like now, do I have to have watched Suicide Squad? No, because Harley Quinn. There's a little animated sequence at the beginning of the movie where Harley Quinn explains because she. Ooh. It's it has like it draws a lot from Deadpool. This movie, oh, I yeah. should say, because so she, it basically recaps Suicide Squad, so you don't have to watch. Yeah, and like she like addresses. She's like a narrator that addresses you know all that stuff and okay. um. Yeah, she it, basically the movie starts off with uh, Harley Quinn and Joker have broken up, and now Harley Quinn's on her own, and that's it. Okay. Yeah, and he, yeah, you don't have I, they the only Suicide Squad reference they make is uh, I want a poster for Jai Courtney's character is in a police station, and Harley Quinn points at it and goes, "Hey, I know that guy." <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Uh, that's fun. Which Jai Courtney is. Arguably, arguably the best part of Suicide Squad. <laughs> now, do I have to watch Justice League? No. 
No? Okay. This is coming from a person who is, I have, the past couple weeks, since HBO, they're all on HBO Max now, yeah. I went through and watched all of them. Except now, for Aquaman. I wanted to watch Justice League. Do what now? Now, what if I wanted to watch Justice League? Do you want to? Here's the, okay, so I watched the uh, Dawn of Justice director's cut mm -hmm. a few years ago and enjoyed it. There are a few things that I, I, I heavily disliked, uh, but if it's, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Oh, Dawn of Justice. Dude, um, I watched that recently, the three-hour cut. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay, let's talk. Accidentally, about mind you. So when I finish it, I'm just like, why did everyone hate this so much? And it's like, oh, I watched the the interesting stuff added to it. Yeah, that's what I said, too, because I watched it going, that's not that bad. And then uh, I watched the honest trailer, and I was like, yeah, that plot was pretty dumb. Yeah. The uh, I feel like I've talked about this before, but the uh, part in Dawn of Justice that pissed me off the yeah. most, because... Yeah. As a, you know, as a screenwriter, you have to set stuff up for payoffs. Mm -hmm. And they try to do a payoff without setting it up. And this is what this payoff was. Whenever, spoiler alert for this movie that's, uh, what, four years old? When Scoot McNary's character, his wheelchair blows up, Clark Kent Superman is like, I didn't see the bomb or whatever. And in my head, I thought, probably because it was made out of lead. And then... Later in the movie, they find out it's made out of lead. And then Lois Lane says, like, oh, it was made out of lead. Of course he couldn't see it. There was no setup to that in Man of Steel or Dawn of Justice that they Superman... Did establish? They didn't establish that Superman can't see through lead. Which me, as a person who watched the Christopher Reeve Superman, because Lois Lane goes behind the potted plant, the fake plant that has lead in it, and he says, I can't see behind the plant, you know. Yeah, I know he can't see through lead, but new people watching this movie are not going to know that he can't see through lead. That's my biggest gripe. Like, well, I guess that's the thing he can't do now. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else in that movie. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen Dawn of Justice, but it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Now Justice League was not as bad as I thought it was going to be because you got all these Snyder cut slobs yelling about a <laughs> Snyder's cut <laughs> and. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, the only bad part about that movie was that Bruce Wayne, uh, his character wasn't, they tried to give, they tried to basically Tony Stark up Bruce Wayne, like give him quips and stuff like that. And it just doesn't work. Hmm. Cause like you're going from Donna justice. Who's like brooding Batman, like Batman the way he should be. And then you got, like, Batman throwing quips around and using a machine gun in fucking Justice League. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, that and uh, Henry Cavill's mouth were the only bad parts of that movie. Oh, yeah. I remember that's actually what made me want to watch it to begin with. <laughs> fucking CGI his mustache off. It's weird, dude. It's so weird. Like, when he's still and not talking, it looks great. But when, as soon as that mouth opens, it's like, whoa, no. Oh, boy. And you know what the bad part about it? It's the first thing you see in the movie. It opens up with him talking. I love <laughs> that. That th That is not going to get. No one cares enough about this movie for that to get the Star Wars treatment of constantly going back and trying to retouch things and add things with CGI and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. With, the, with Shit, with them spending, what, $21 million on the fucking Snyder Cut coming out next year? Is that how much they're spending on it? Jeez. They're spending a like, lot of fucking money, dude. How are they doing that? If Are they actually getting... I thought they weren't getting people back for it. Let's see. $30 million is... Yeah. Around twenty to thirty million is how much they're gonna use to to redo for the Snyder Cut. But are they getting the actors? I, I thought they weren't. I don't know. Let's That's look. a lot of money. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. Um, yeah. So the original one was three hundred million, and that includes like 
marketing and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And then this one's going to be $30 million on top of that, and it's going to be exclusively on HBO Max. Dude, at first I thought you were going to say, yeah, they, they spent $21 million to CGI the mustache out in the first place. <laughs> Which, by the way, Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, that mustache... It was worth it. I mean, that mustache hey, was great in that movie. I think I mentioned this before, but I haven't seen a single Mission Impossible movie ever. Mm-hmm. I watched them all recently. Pretty good. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> what are they on? Um, The four and six are on Hulu, and then the rest of them are rented. Okay. I own the first two on VHS. Wait, no. I own the first one on VHS, on the second one on, on DVD, and that's it. You know what's messed up about <laughs> the description of this episode is uh, Nick and Rip do not talk about Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, the <laughs> the um, the most forgettable Mission Impossible movie. The weird part about it is the one that J.J. Abrams made. Because like I'm, I just thought about like what were some cool stuff that happened and like. I just remember, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, that's it. That's the only part I can remember about it. Yeah. But that's the same team that made Lost and, like, the first Star Trek movie. Right. Like, writers and director. Uh, Lindelof was involved? Lindelof was not involved. No, 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 I'm sorry. Um, I meant to say the Star Trek team made Mission Impossible 3. Oh, okay. Because you got, <clears throat> what's it, Robert Orsi and who else is in it? Roberto. No, that's lost. That's lost. Star Trek. That's Kurtzman. Yes. Kurtzman? Let's see. Yes. Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi. Yes. Did the uh, Star Trek movie. And then they made Hawaii. Didn't they, didn't they make Hawaii 5 or Magnum P.I.? They made something recently. I remember going, like, watching something. Yeah, Hawaii 5 Crazy. And they produced The Mummy. Did they write The Mummy? The new one? Yes, let's see. No, they didn't. They just produced it. I want to do some ASMR talking about... <laughs> talking about Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Let's see. That's, uh, that's all you're going to hear over the microphone is me typing very loudly. These Mac keyboards are loud. Oh, you know, cr- in middle school... I was in the the library, and I was on the computer, and I got kicked out for typing too hard. (laughs) Type hard. All right, man. Look, I got nothing else. You know, I haven't watched Lovecraft Country yet. Me neither. I haven't watched uh, Perry Mason yet. Uh, The Ozzy Osbourne song? Off the album Osmosis? Yeah. Real quick before we go. Yeah. I want to explain the plot of this Sonny Chiba film. Sonny Chiba, of course, plays DK's uncle in Tokyo Drift. I'm going to read the plot of this film. I love this film with all my heart. It is amazing. Are you ready? Yes. Sonny Chiba is Wolf Guy. The movie's called Wolf Guy and Rage Lycanthrope. The only survivor of a clan of werewolves who relies on his feral full moon activated superpowers to solve mysterious crimes. One night, a bizarre and bloody death in the Tokyo streets plunges him into a, a far reaching conspiracy populated by crooked politicians, naked white women, bit players like <laughs> Idiom a phantom tiger, and best of all, a shadowy organization. They did this movie on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, season one. And let me tell you some shit. This movie is amazing. Seek it out. He is, uh, he's a werewolf, but he does not get hairier. He just gets superpowers. Like, uh, I was going to say, man, you just described my favorite segment from Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> it, that's what it is, basically. But yeah, it's... It's like an hour and a half long, and it's not even an hour and a half, so it automatically wins an Academy Award in my eye. (laughs) It's an hour and 26 minutes, but he's a cop who, like, the full moon comes out, and he's suddenly, like, 
he like he gets shot, okay? <laughs> and he's like dying in a prison cell and he's waiting on the full moon to come out and it finally comes out and the bullets like plop out of his stomach and he's like fully healed because the full moon <laughs> heals him. It's great. It's an awesome movie. It ends with him uh, symbolically uh, throwing a shotgun off a cliff, and that's a freeze frame, and that's the end of the movie. Wow. It's pretty great. I think Joe Bob Briggs gave it four stars. If he didn't, he should have. It's it's, it's so good. So uh, don't watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Instead, watch Wolf Guy Enraged Lycanthrope. Well, that sounds like a great recommendation, Nick. And also, on the topic... Of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Was this a fast movie or was this a furious movie? Furious. Because that's what it made furious. me feel. That's the emotion I had leaving this movie. Okay. Uh, now, is this movie a 10-second car or a 10-minute car? This is a 10-year car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you have it. Based off of uh, the highest rating uh, ending of all time, what you give it? Just based off the ending, what do you give it? Based off the ending, this is uh, this is a very furious movie uh, <laughs> because you have all that anger pent up within Dominic Toretto, and then this is clearly uh, a uh, based on the ending. This is a ten second car, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this week. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Lathan. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Cammy, and uh, tune in on my Instagram to the Whack Pack, where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. And let's plug the Patreon real quick. Next week, okay, every week. So this week we're doing Tokyo Drift. Next week we'll be doing episode three of Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Yeah. So basically, a movie one week for free, and then next week go on the Patreon. We got a little bonus episode, which the last one we recorded, the one that came out last week, was a lot of fun. And but that's on Patreon exclusively. You can get that for five dollars a month, and then um, yeah, and then you know every other week, so it, it switches out. And then next season, we've already got next season picked out, and I'm even more excited because we're revisiting. Uh, some stuff I haven't seen in a while for the next season of the show, but I'm not going to tease it. It's going to be a shorter season because there's not that much property involved, but we're going to stretch it out as far as we can. Just like this ending? Yes, we are. All right, what quote should we end this on? Well, look, all I have to say if, is if you were disappointed, displeased, uh, or... In any other way, just let down by this episode. This was not a good what'd episode. Ex- <laughs> no. Then, I, then I'll say to you, what'd you expect? You didn't just play with fire. You soaked the matches in gasoline. Oh, that was so good. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.